This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's a great pleasure to introduce our next guest. He is founding dean of the University of Houston, Hobby School of Public Affairs, and former state senator and Austin mayor. Joining us today, Kirk Watson. Hello. Hello. Good morning. Great to be well, with you. Likewise. And uh, I know you haven't been in Houston too long, but uh, I certainly have a whole lot. So thank you for that. Well, I'm happy happy to be involved. I'm, this is an exciting time in my life. Yes. Well, we're fortunate to have you. And of course, I'm a big fan of University of Houston after working there for 15 yeah. years and yeah. getting my bachelor's, my master's and doctorate degree. And it gave us a, a special pride to uh, work with you guys most recently on a survey about Hispanic businesses yeah. and COVID. Can you talk to us about that? Yeah, um, I, we're very, by the way, we are equally excited to get to be working with the, the Houston Hispanic Chamber on this. What, what the Hobby School has done is we've done a series of COVID-19 related uh, surveys of, of specific groups and industries and the impact that it's had on their businesses. Everything from the Texas Restaurant Association and the Texas Oil and Gas Association to uh, the Greater Austin Chamber of Commerce and, of course, as you say, uh, the Houston Hispanic Chamber uh, and what's really interesting is we, we, we did this survey and what we found is not going to be a great surprise, but it's important to have a confirmation, you know, when, when the Hispanic community is, is 44% of, of Harris County. And by the way, it's 38%, as you know this, but it's 38% of our small business owners uh, in, in this area. And what we found was that more than half of the Hispanic business owners and leaders had indicated that COVID had had a real impact. Uh, that their sales had dropped, and they ended up with a third of them saying that they had furloughed or laid off more than 80% of their workforce. Uh, those are striking numbers, and, and even with the, the sort of reopening that we've seen, uh, what we're seeing is that our Hispanic business owners, uh, it, it, we're still a long way from, from them being uh, able to be back, and, and they're still thinking that they're going to have a significant decline in revenue and income. Well, and unfortunately, that is very likely to happen, and that's why we have been advocating at the local, state, and national level to get more resources, more financial resources exactly. to this business community. It is the epicenter of business, and as we like to say, 
senator as Hispanics go, so goes Houston. So again, thanks for partnering with, with us on that particular initiative. Because we well, yeah, but very happy to do it. And I think you're doing a great job and a great service for your membership to be doing things like this so that we can we can have the data necessary to make the arguments that you're making about why we need additional assistance. Absolutely. And certainly uh, we were devastated last night when we heard the news about the census, which was already in turmoil in terms of unrepresented communities, uh, the disenfranchised, the language barriers, the funding, to hear that now it's been cut off prematurely by four weeks. What can you tell us about the census and what this means? First of all, I completely agree with you that it's 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 a shocking uh, announcement, and it's particularly shocking when you take into account that it was just a few weeks ago, and as a result of COVID, that the Census Bureau was saying it needed this additional time in order to be able to do a complete count, and now it's saying, well, instead of the end of October uh, to allow for for the follow the the, the very important types of things that happened with the census where there's follow-up, door-to-door type of follow-up so that uh, people that haven't responded, we can, we can try to get them counted uh, so that that can occur. Instead of the end of October, they're now saying uh, the end of September. And like I say, even though just a few short weeks ago they were saying, we cannot get this done unless it goes at least until the end of October. And of course, what you suggested is exactly right. And, and that is that what that will mean is likely we will see a, a significant undercount of those populations that historically are undercounted, uh, that, are, that, that are hard to get counted. Uh, for example, immigrants, um, uh, the, the school students, college students, folks of that nature, uh, but, but, but primarily people of color get, are impacted. And what that will mean is that there will be an overcount, an overstatement of white non-Hispanic population, um, and and that will have a couple of impacts. Uh, you know, we all are familiar with the fact that uh, our our census is what leads to uh, the number of members of Congress that we receive. It's what leads to the number of votes that Texas will have in the Electoral College. And importantly, what it means is it has an impact on uh, the public dollars that come from the federal government into the state of Texas for everything like uh, Medicare and Medicaid and, and, and other public programs. And if we're undercounting uh, and we're doing an undercount, then we're not, Texas is not going to receive uh, its fair share. And uh, some are arguing that, that the reason for this, this uh, change is because there's a desire to have that undercount. I don't understand why we're not seeing more of a protest from our uh, elected officials uh, saying we, that we need, to, we need to make sure that we're, we're fully counted. You know, and what, what's also bugging me is that in Texas right now, only about 58% uh, of the households have responded. So we're way behind. And, 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 and as you point again? out, it, 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 what was that number again, Senator? Uh, only about 58%, just slightly under 58% is the latest number I saw of our Texas households uh, have responded. So what that means is that, that 
if you just do the raw math, 40%, roughly 40% have not responded. That's a huge segment of our population. And if you take into account who that's likely to be, um, it could be devastating to, to the state of Texas. Yes, you're absolutely correct. And speaking of which, we've gone through our primary elections. Talk to us a little bit about what we can anticipate given COVID and November elections. Well, uh, it's going to be interesting because, and just real quickly, I'll say, first of all, uh, we have a presidential election and the polling uh, seems to indicate that Texas is going to be a state where uh, that presidential election is is for real. There's going to there's going to be a, a potentially tight uh, presidential election. Of course, we're all uh, watching to see how that plays out, including uh, what the Democratic nominee Joe Biden, uh, who he selects as his vice presidential running mate, uh, which we anticipate will happen sometime next week. Um, and then, of course, we've got a U.S. Senate race that the polling data as recently as uh, early this week was showing that that is also tightening. Uh, between uh, the incumbent Senator John Cornyn, uh, who's a Republican, and the Democratic nominee, M.J. Hagar, who just uh, won the runoff election for the, in the Democratic primary. And also very important, that we're all going to be paying attention to, uh, will be the Texas House of Representatives. And the Texas House, uh, which is 150 members, uh, all the Democrats need are nine more seats, and those they would be uh, in the majority. So there's a number of state house races, including a number of them in the Houston area that are tight, that are competitive, and people are going to be watching closely because, among other things, uh, having, uh, having the majority in the Texas house will probably make a difference in redistricting because as we just were talking about the census, The next session of the legislature, the one that convenes in January of 21, because we're doing the census now, that will be the the, uh, legislative session that does redistricting. So uh, there's a lot hanging in the balance on these upcoming elections. Absolutely. And and speaking of which, we're encouraging everyone to make sure they get out and vote, make sure they complete their census. Uh, We need to take action. Our chamber has been working very closely with many, many partners promoting census on our six CBS radio stations, on our uh, partnership with KHOU, Univision Radio and Television. Again, your census, please complete it. Go online. It takes all of five minutes, take care of it or complete it in the written way and get out and vote. Lastly, I want to thank you and and your whole team out at the University of Houston Hobby School of Public Affairs for uh, inviting me to join you guys on an upcoming uh, conference call. Yeah, well, we we, uh, started a new webinar. Uh, I'm I'm proud to be the uh, host of a new webinar uh, called The Hobby Hour. And we do it every third Wednesday of the month at noon. you are going to be a guest together with the CEO, President and CEO of uh, the Greater Houston Partnership, the President and CEO of um, the Texas Medical Center, and um, the energy, uh, the, the chief energy officer at the University of Houston. And of course, with your expertise, you're part of that group that we've invited to talk in September, uh, on September 16th at noon to talk about the Houston area economy. Uh, we've talked a little bit about it today, 
But uh, I get to ask the questions uh, on September 16th. So I look forward to having you be part of that and, and, and share your expertise with our, uh, those that will be watching and listening. Well, absolutely. Thank you again. We appreciate this partnership. I know we're going to do a lot more. And everyone who's tuned in, uh, visit our chamber website and also the uh, Hobby School website for that survey and those results. Thanks again, Senator. My pleasure. Great to be with you. Thank you for all you're doing. See you soon. Goodbye.